Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, July 31st. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, as always, let's get started with some baseball and this week's updates. The Texas rivalry has been settled for the season and the Astros won five of the seven game series. The first two games this week were close with the Astros taking both 10 to nine and four to three. But the Rangers got the last laugh, 13 to five, highlighted by a grand slam. The Giants lost their sixth straight game to the Tigers. It was on Monday, but it ended there as the team went on to win both games against the A's. The Royals upset the Guardians as Perez hit his 200th home run. The Twins got the win in the 10th inning over the Mariners 4-3 to make the Seattle team exactly 50-50 on the season. Also going into extra innings, the Blue Jays had a three-run 11 inning to take the W over the Dodgers. Tuesday saw a different outcome with the Dodgers winning in extra innings over the Blue Jays. The Angels were up 6-2 in the ninth, but gave those four runs back in the bottom as the Tigers rallied to take the game into extra innings. But the Angels did end up finishing the job in the 10th, winning 7-6. The Subway Series was split 1-1 this week as the Mets take game one thanks to Verlander's pitching. They took that 9-3, but the Yanks take the other 3-1. That series sits at 2-2 all season. Royals pitcher Granenke takes his 16th straight road loss after facing the Guardians. The Cubs won the Battle of Chicago this week, winning both games with a combined score of 17-10. The Diamondbacks stopped their five-game skid by beating the Cardinals off an eighth-inning rally. Brewers pitcher Peralta tied his career high of 13 strikeouts to take the game over the Reds 3-0. The Red Sox swept the MLB leading Braves in their two-game series this week. Judge may have returned for the Yankees on Friday's game against the Orioles, but it was the Baltimore team that got the win with just one home run in the ninth to win, literally 1-0. Talk about a not super exciting game. The Royals had the ultimate dream ending to their game over the Twins with a grand slam in the 10th to win 8-5. The Cubs may have had a rocky start to the season, but this week got back over that .500 mark and are on a win streak that currently sits at eight. Now that ended Sunday with a loss to the Cardinals. They lost 0-3. The Red Sox won their fifth straight with a W over the Giants on Friday. That streak did end there as they would lose the next day 2-3. Astros Pena had himself a day with a career-high four RBIs in the Astros' 17-4 route over the Rays on Saturday. The Rays would come back to win on Sunday, though. Braves Acuna stole his 50th base of the season and hit a home run to win their game 11-5 over the Brewers. At this rate, Acuna would be projected to end the season with 79 total steals. The Angels avoided the sweep by the Blue Jays with a win on Sunday in extra innings, 3-2 in the 10th. The Braves did sweep the Brewers as Olsen gets five runs with two different home runs to win 8-6. 
Pirates right fielder Palacios got a walk-off two-run home run on his birthday to beat the Phillies in the 10th. Verlander carded his 250th career win on Sunday against the Nationals. The Giants beat the Red Sox in the 11th, 4-3. The Reds shut out the Dodgers, 9-0. And then the Mariners did the same thing to the Diamondbacks, 4-0. And then the Padres upset the Rangers and sweeping them with the final win on Sunday. The A's and the Giants fans actually came together and united in a Unite the Bay kind of stance. They bought Cell t-shirts during their matchup this week. The Bay teams were supportive of the Cell mantra as they want to keep the A's in the area. On the same day that the team announced they weren't trading him, and right before the deadline, I might add, Angels star Otani threw a shutout and didn't allow a runner on base until the fifth inning. The Angels won that game 6-0, and then the other game in the doubleheader 11-4. Otani hit two home runs in game two, as well as adding an exclamation point on that decision. The team is looking to make their first playoff since 2014. They currently sit at 55 wins and 51 losses so far on the season, and that does include Sunday, all the way up through Sunday. The next game, Otani did hit his 39th home run of the season, but also left the game with leg cramps. The Blue Jays beat the Angels 4-1 in that game. Otani did come back to pitch the next game and lose 6-1. In a blockbuster trade, the Mets have shipped off their star pitcher, Max Scherzer, and he is shipped to Dallas, Texas, to the Texas Rangers. They, in exchange, will get infielder Luis Angel Acuna. He is 21 years old and is likely to be one of the top prospects going to the Mets. So in a blockbuster trade, that was made public. But just to add insult to injury, the Mets were upset by the Nationals 11-6 to on that exact same day. But don't worry about it because the Rangers also lost 0-4. to That was the sixth loss in the last eight games for the Dallas team. So it all around did not go well on that day of announcement. Moving along to a little bit of basketball news and Bronny James, the oldest son of LeBron James, of course, suffered cardiac arrest at a practice at USC on Monday. He has since been released from Cedar sinai Hospital and is home resting and playing piano as of a couple days ago. This is the same, this is literally happening on the same week that DeMar Hamlin is back in full pads and full practice. So it seemed to be all on the up and up, but we are finding that this is happening more and more with those young athletes. Bronny James, remember, is only 18 years old and literally just got to USC. With a little bit of football news, I actually should have been covered last week, but I went ahead and covered it this week. Jaguars assistant strength coach Kevin Maxson is the first openly gay coach in U.S. men's pro sports. Now, while there are notable female assistant coaches who are out and an openly gay coach in the WNBA, Maxson is the first in what is called the big four, which means MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers has agreed to take a $35 million pay cut by agreeing to a two-year $75 million deal to play with the Jets. So next time you have to take one in your next move to a new job, 
don't feel as bad because it won't be as much as Aaron Rodgers did. This move also earned him huge praise from one of the best to wear the uniform and especially the Jets uniform, Joe Namath. And then moving on through college football, Colorado is set to leave the Pac-12 for returning home to the Big 12. The Big 12 announced that they are looking for other members as well. So we'll see if there are any takers. Rumors are kind of swirling around. It was Colorado and Arizona. We're kind of all in the same rumor mill. We're also hearing UConn and Gonzaga. They have been mentioned as it is the Big 12 commissioner's um, prerogative to get a really good basketball conference as well as football. So Gonzaga would obviously not add a football team. They would only add basketball stardom, but it would make sense to take both Gonzaga and UConn so that it really does become a basketball powerhouse of a conference, frankly. That is also kind of goes with the attraction to Arizona as well. So we'll have to see what goes on, but I bet this is not the last we will hear about con- about conference expansion before kick. This also doesn't bode well for the Pac-12, whose commissioner was literally quoted saying Deion Sanders directly affects their TV contract, which they have not signed yet. Moving along to golf, and it was kind of another boring week. And uh, to say the least, Lee Hodges dominated the 3M Open. He won his first PGA Tour title at the 3M Open this weekend by seven shots in a wire-to-wire win. And tournament record low of 260 as a final score. His opening round of 63, then his second round of 64, and a third round of 66 combined to have him to give him the lead by five strokes heading into the final round. And obviously he won by even more. He entered the week ranked 674th in the FedEx Cup rankings and now sits 33rd, well inside the first two rounds of playoffs. Unlike Justin Thomas, his fellow Crimson Tide golfer who missed the cut at the 3M and sits at number 75. He has also missed five of the last seven cuts in the tournaments he has entered. The top 70 after the Wyndham advanced to playoffs, so it is not looking good there for JT. The Wyndham is this weekend. That is why you'll see a lot of big names in the Wyndham this weekend is trying to make that push to be in those FedEx Cup points. And I shouldn't even call this Olympic news this week. I really should just call it swimming news because we're going to go over swimming worlds as last week we only had one day of worlds to talk about. This week we have, well, all the rest of them. Starting with Chinese swimmer Zhenghai Young, who swept the breaststroke as in literally the 50 meters, the 100 meters, and the 200 meter breaststroke. He took gold in all of them. That is literally insane as it takes a lot different skills to win the 50 than it does to win the 200. And not only did he do that, but he also did it in world record time as he beat the world record in the 200 meter. Australians Double D Cook, the former world record holder, was in that heat and got second. The new world record, 205.48, was almost half a second faster than the original. Jin has three individual golds and one in the mixed relay in this world's, which is total inclusive of China's total five. And he was responsible for four of them. And there was also a three-way tie for second, by the way, in the 100-meter breaststroke, which was super weird between Italy, United States, and the Netherlands. So that just was kind of a weird fact. 
19-year-old Australian Molly O'Callaghan set a world record in the 200-meter free, joining her teammate Titmus for breaking the 400-meter free, who got second. Molly broke Italy's Federica Pellegrini's mark by 0.13 seconds. Every record that's set during this world gets you a check for 30 grand, and so Molly can cash that check. United States' Katie Ledecky won the 800-meter freestyle, as she always does, this time by four seconds. This was her 16th individual gold at World Championships, which breaks Michael Phelps' mark of 15. This is also the sixth straight time she has won this event. Ledecky also took the 1,500-meter earlier in Worlds and silver in the 200. That makes her total a 21 golds, including relays. Sticking with breaking Michael Phelps's record, Swedish swimmer Sarah Schoistrom, try saying that a couple of times fast, won her 21st individual world championship medal by winning the 50-meter free on Sunday. Phelps had 20, and so Schoistrom now has 21. Schoistrom is 29 years old and is still on top of her field. She set the world record in the 50 free. In semifinals the night before, lowering her own world record by 0.05 seconds, she also took home the 50-meter fly on the same night as her record-breaking semifinal. Really impressive. Another name that's been around for a little bit, Lithuania's Ruta Melatute won the 50-meter breaststroke, breaking the world record by 0.14 seconds, a world record that she also tied in semifinals. The previous world record holder, Italy's Pilato, got third. Melatute also won the 100-meter breaststroke on day three. Canada's Summer McIntosh was a favorite in one in these world championships, won the 400-meter IM on the final night, and she previously won the 200-meter fly earlier in the meet. United States' Lily King had a disappointing championships, only grabbing silver in the 50-meter breast, and she was outside the medals in her other events. The Australian mixed team broke a world record, which was owned was their own, owned by half a second. They also beat the United States and Great Britain. The women broke the world record in the 4x200-meter free relay as well, also over the United States and China. And then after winning both the 4x100-meter medley relays on Sunday to finish out Worlds, the United States sits atop the medal total with 38. However, we did not win the gold medal title. We only won seven golds, 20 silvers, and 11 bronze, so we did take it by total medals. Australia took the top spot by golds with 13 golds, seven silvers, five bronze. China was in third with five golds. Again, four of those were uh, by the breaststroker, Jin. And then three silvers and eight bronze, totaling 16 medals. Those are the top three and were pretty head and shoulders above everybody else. The United States gold medals were Hunter Armstrong in the 50-meter back, both 4 by 100 meter medley relays, Ryan Murphy in the 100-meter backstroke, Kate Douglas in the 200-meter IM, and Katie Ledecky in the 800-meter and the 1500-meter freestyle. The United States was left off the podium. Get ready for these because there's a lot of them. The men's 50 fly, the men's 400 free, the women's 50 free, the women's 100 free, the men's 200 IM, the women's 200 free, the men's 200 fly, and the men's 200 meter free. 
Moving along to soccer and the final thing we actually have to cover this week, the, the U.S. women's national team had game two of group play in group E against the Netherlands on Wednesday. And the Netherlands struck first with the which was the first time the United States had been down in quite some time. But moral of this entire game is um, maybe don't mess with Katie Horan because Katie Horan had a bad foul with her actually teammate from Leon Vanderdonk. And she got her revenge with this absolutely amazing header. It is linked on the blog, the girlfriend's guide to sports. So absolutely be sure you check it out. Literally the announcer mentioned like, Oh, wouldn't it be really fitting if he got, she got a header to the back of the net just to, you know, get some revenge. And it literally happened like, I think less than two minutes later. So <laughs> it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, our girls really didn't play great at the beginning, but definitely rallied in the second half. Um, we did tie one to one, however, and we play Portugal really, really early hours tomorrow morning. So uh, technically Tuesday in the final game of group play. And it is going to come down to goal differential if we win the group or if we just advance as runner up. But we need to draw or win to advance. If Portugal beats us, we would be stuck in group play and eliminated for the first time ever before World Cup semifinals. How crazy is that. So be sure you get up and watch if you're not going to set your alarms for 2 a.m. tonight, uh, which I know I will not be one of them, but I also know that I will be watching as soon as I get up in the morning. Other games to note, and I just happened to catch the end of this, but Germany had their only group stage loss since 1995 to Colombia. Colombia scored in the 52nd minute, but Germany came back to score with just two minutes left in regulation. So it looked like it was going to end in a draw, but a killer corner kick in extra time solidified the win for Colombia. Saudi Arabian cl soccer club Al-Hilal has offered a historical bid for PSG's soccer star Mbappe for $332 million transfer fee and a one-year salary of $776 million, which if you can't do that math that fast, that totals a staggering $1.1 billion with a B dollars after missing out on Messi. They really obviously wanted to go for another big name and they went for Mbappe. This would just be for one year of playing soccer. Moving along to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And as always, we start with the MLB. Tuesday, catch the Rays at the Yankees at 6.05 on TBS. Thursday, the Astros play the Yankees, or you can catch the Pirates at the Brewers at 6.15 on Fox. Saturday, the Blue Jays play at the Red Sox at 3 on Fox Sports 1. You can also catch the Dodgers at the Padres at 7.40, also on Fox Sports 1. Wrapping up the week is Sunday, the White Sox at the Guardians at 11.05 on Peacock and the Dodgers at the Padres again at 6 on ESPN. In the golf world, like I said, it is the last PGA Tour tournament before FedEx Cup playoffs. So that is why you'll see a bunch of names in the Wyndham Championship, which begins on Thursday, round one at two 
on Golf Channel. Round two will also be at two on Golf Channel on Friday. You can catch round three on Saturday at 1 p.m. on Golf Channel, and then it'll flip over to CBS at two, same time on Sunday for that final round. And you'll see, actually, beside each of the golfers' names this week, you'll see a either a red arrow down, which means they are falling in the FedEx Cup playoff rankings, or a green arrow up, which means they're advancing that many spots, and it'll kind of give you projections on what that looks like as well throughout the entire tournament. A little bit of uh, fun stuff, especially for my husband, is we've got some motorsports this week on Sunday, and it's not Formula One. On Sunday, we can catch the MotoGP British GP at Silverstone at two on NBC. We do have a little bit of Olympic sports on. If you missed all of Swimming Worlds and you want a recap, you can catch that on NBC at 1230 on Saturday. Sunday, you can catch Gymnastics, the core classic. That was actually previously called the U.S. Classic. You can catch that at 3.30 on NBC. And why should you care that this is on? That's because the Chicago Classic has Simone Biles back in action for her first time since the Olympics. And then also Sunday, Rugby Premier Rugby Sevens Championship will be on at 5.30 on Fox Sports 1. Okay, and again, I am not going to read out all of the World Cup um, games going on this week because there's obviously a lot of them as we are wrapping up group play in the Women's World Cup. So Monday night, a.k.a. early morning Tuesday, Women's World Cup, Portugal plays United States at 2 a.m. You can catch that on Fox, so be sure you set your DVR. Then in the other group, the other teams in our group, Vietnam will play the Netherlands at the exact same time, so 2 a.m. this morning on Fox Sports 1. Then group play ends on Thursday. Friday we get a break, and then we head to the knockout round on Saturday. So that begins with Switzerland versus Spain at midnight on Fox Sports 1, followed by Japan versus Norway at 3 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. And then wrapping up that day is Group E winner, so potentially us or the Netherlands, versus Group G runner-up at 9 p.m. on Fox. That is on Saturday. Then on Sunday, get the Group G winner versus Group E runner-up, and again, that could be us, at 4 a.m. on Fox. And then also on Monday, next time I'll be doing this, the Group D winner versus Nigeria at 2.30 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. And then Australia versus the Group D runner-up at 5.30 on Fox Sports 1. Hopefully that makes sense. But like I said, if you want to see all the games being played and televised for the Women's World Cup, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. They are all there laid out for you. But be sure you at least watch the replay of our game tonight. Go Team USA. Hope y'all had a wonderful summer as we wrap it up. I will catch y'all next week.